with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Tuesday morning after 9, Alan Wishart in the host chair. And no, this is not a reprint, this is not a repeat of yesterday's show, although I have the same guests sitting across from me as Eric Allen had yesterday. Sheldon Clare is here today with Legion Branch number 43. Good morning, Sheldon. Good morning, Helen. How are you? Not too bad yourself, sir. Spectacular. I'm glad you're... Now, what is, what is the position you're here with for Legion Branch 43? Well, I'm the chairman of Branch 43 okay. Royal Canadian Legion, and I'm also the chair for the Remembrance Day Organizing Committee, which is something the Legion puts on yes. annually. I did the, the same thing last year as well. Yeah. And that's that's coming up pretty quick, isn't it? Well, yes, uh, <laughs> November 11th is when it's happening. Yes. That's when everybody needs to pause for a moment and consider what we have and where we've been and, and also where we're going as a, as yeah. a, as a nation and as people and to think of the sacrifices made by those who went off to war and didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And some who did come back and still bear the scars of what they have seen and what they have uh, suffered yeah. in conflicts overseas. Now, how long have you been going to the Remembrance Day ceremonies yourself? Probably since I was a baby. My grandfather, Stephen Joseph Clare, passed away uh, back in 1964 on Remembrance Day. Oh, okay. So it's very much a tight family yeah. thing. My my uh, dad was very big on the family going to Remembrance Day. I think I worked on the Poppy campaign in some capacity or another since I was an Army cadet at about 13 canvassing uh, for for the poppy campaign and uh it's just been something that's been hardwired into me yeah. for a very long time so you automatically know if somebody says hey are you busy on this particular day around 11 you can go right away no <laughs> I, or yes i am oh I yes I, yeah, unequivocally yeah. i will yes. be occupied with with that and yeah. i i mean the same took place when I was a student in, in Vancouver going to UBC. Yeah. I, I didn't miss uh, any Remembrance Day service. I was in the in the reserves then as a mm. cadet instructor's list officer uh, in with, with the 2290 British Columbia Regiment cadets. And we were very, very big about supporting the regiment and supporting mm-hmm. Remembrance uh, and supporting our legion, uh, yeah. which at that, at that time was... The one at Fourth and Fur Branch Two Eighty Two, which is now long gone. Mm-hmm. I remember the president of the Legion at the time was a a, 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 a little a little fireball uh, a woman named Agnes Keegan, who'd been a Bofors gunner during the Blitz. And that's in the time when the uh, the yeah. the women volunteers could load the gun, they could sight the gun, they could yeah. haul ammunition. They, pull the they just couldn't use those foot pedals and <laughs> fire fire the fire yeah. the, the the anti aircraft guns. But uh, knowing if anyone who know, knew Agnes uh, wanted to ask about that, I'm pretty sure she probably shot down a couple. Of yeah, she just didn't. She she would say to the fellow with her, "Oh, look, what, what's happening over there." Well, yeah, I, 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 I have hard to imagine me that she wouldn't have been involved with more than just yeah. loading. It never was a person to sit idly by. No. But there were a lot of people who were quite inspiring that uh, are now passed away who mm-hmm. were central figures in the Legion when I was uh, a new member when I started in my 20s. My commanding officer for my unit, he, he's, he uh, pushed a... Uh, Legion application across the table of me, and in that, at that time it was eighteen dollars and seventy-five cents, 
Whoa. And as a young fellow going to school in the in the eighties, I'm looking at this and I'm going, "Oh my gosh, twenty dollars! That, that's, that's a lot of money." And uh, so I, but I filled it out. And he said, okay, now I have two other papers for you to fill out. And he pushed across a bursary application for the Legion and a bursary application for the Ladies Auxiliary. Oh. And I filled those out and I said, wait a minute here. I just put down $20 to join this organization and already they're giving me thousands of dollars in bursaries. <laughs> I think I think I need to be working pretty hard to pay this back. So I've been working at paying it wow. back ever since. Wow. So now, the ceremony then on Saturday morning. Yes. First off, I guess, at this point, I'm thinking you and probably a lot of other people from the Legion are keeping a very close eye on the weather forecasts. I I, I do and I don't. Mm. I mean, I, I have a, a kind of a mixed feeling. Okay. I'm it's, a skier. It's got to go. <laughs> and, and the ceremony has to go ahead anyways. The ceremony's, it's just a question the ceremony's of, happening anyway. Yeah, so Just a question of do we have to get people out to do some shoveling on the sidewalks for the parade and stuff like that? Or? Well, the city's on top of that. Oh, good. Uh, they, uh, we, we meet with the city well in advance. They're very mm-hmm. organized. The staff has been fabulous. Good. Uh, organizing things like power, making mm-hmm. sure that we don't have any slips or falls or anything like yes. that it's it's uh of, of course you know you, you ever know you can't control the weather you just no. have to embrace <laughs> it and i, I think that's a, a key factor of, of why i love the north so much is you 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 embrace what you have rather than yeah. try to to suffer it you, you work you, with it yeah you work with it yeah so yeah as a skier i i would dearly love to have a lot of snow like right now Okay, how However, about if we get the snow staying November the 12th, Shelby? Well, I'm, I'm happy with it to start snowing, yeah, very soon after everybody's enjoying their, their libation in the Legion yes. after. Uh, that would work for me. Yeah. I mean, there are others who, who groan at the thought oh, and maybe don't have their snow tires on yet, but <laughs> I, uh, I, the, last year at this time there was snow on the ground. Yeah. So we had, a, and we had a fair bit of it, but. Uh, we're we're anticipating that it will be cool, but it will, won't be it won't be a very miserable day. Yeah. Uh, the of course the uh, bugler and the pipe band are, all are hoping for very good weather. <laughs> uh, I'm the parade marshal for the for the uh, for the, the, right, the uh, yeah. ceremony, and I, I, often I would be playing in the pipe band, but we're, we're a little short-handed with people who do who, who can move things along. So I'm doing that this year again. But the band will be there to play Amazing Grace. The community band will be in in the uh, Civic Center. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at a, another terrific ceremony. There will also be a number of uh, members of the Pr- Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry who serve with Darren James Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. who will be in yes. attendance. And uh, they're visiting with the Fitzpatricks over the, along with some family members. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that will be a, an interesting part of this particular service as well. Yeah. Uh, as, as you may remember, uh, Colleen uh, Fitzpatrick was a the National Silver so, Cross yes, uh, yes. mother, so, uh, and she will be our, 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 our she and her husband, Jim, will be representing uh, the, the Memorial Cross again mm-hmm. this year, as we, and we have other families, the Tots and the Addisons mm-hmm. uh, will be uh, laying wreaths as well. So it's a it's a very real thing. It's we we do think of ourselves as far removed from war in many respects, but it's not the case. No. I mean, we we had a very long run in Afghanistan. It was Bosnia and, and former Yugoslavia before that. 
years and years of peacekeeping operations, which mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately didn't seem to bear the fruit that the optimistic uh, uh, didn't bear the fruit of optimism that everyone would hope. Yeah. And uh, here we are again in a circumstance of a war that a world that is unstable and, and looking war in the face. Uh, we have have that, of course, in in uh, in Europe, in the Ukraine, and we have this now in the Middle East, in in Israel and, and Gaza, Gaza and yeah. so on. And these are all circumstances that should give people a lot of concern and angst. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that everybody pays attention and understands context and, and knows what's going on. So now, what is the schedule for Saturday? Well, on Saturday morning, we're asking that people gather and be seated in the Civic Centre by about uh, 8.30. Mm-hmm. We're planning to march on the uh, the flag party at uh, 0900 hours sharp, 9 o'clock in the morning. Right. And the service will start no later than 9.15. And then we'll be going through our... Our, our, our usual indoor service. Uh, Susan Scott uh, will be the master of ceremonies yeah. for that. Uh, our president, Eric Callahan, will be saying a few words, as will local dignitaries, members of the Legislative Assembly, member of Parliament, and so on, and the mayor. Yeah. And uh, that service will conclude at approximately uh, 10.15 to 10.30. It's always a bit of a, of a factor yeah. there. <laughs> and then we have everyone forming up for the parade outside and we'd really like to see a good contingent of veterans this year in the parade last year we i think we had uh, aside from those in the various other contingents like flag party the the rocky mountain rangers the royal canadian mount of police and, and others mm-hmm. services that were there where there are veterans we didn't have a very large mm-hmm. veterans contingent itself okay. and so you know, if you're out there and you're, it doesn't matter if you're a Legion member or not. It doesn't matter what, whether your service was uh, reserve or regular. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't matter if you managed to get overseas or get a tour in or not. We'd really like to see you marching in the parade and be recognized okay. for you putting your name on a piece of paper and saying that, you know, I'm willing to serve and, and doing that service. So if you're listening out there, don't don't feel that you need to be sitting at home. Uh, please come out, participate in the ceremony, and march in the parade. We'd dearly love to see you. Now, should they let somebody know ahead of time that they're coming and going to take part oh, in the parade? Oh, well, that that would be great. Yeah, they could they could certainly let uh, let us know at the Legion. Mm-hmm. We're pretty accessible through our our Facebook or our, our website. Uh, uh, easily easily located. But you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You can just show up, and we'll find a spot for yep. you at, in the place of honor um, behind our behind our flag party at the front of the parade. And uh, we'd be really glad to see a good contingent. And and I I think that a lot of veterans, although they're not really seeking much attention or anything mm-hmm. like that, they need to understand that people who have not had the experiences they had need to see. That it's mm-hmm. real. They yeah. need to, to understand that military service is something significant, and that it is real people who do this. They're not uh, movie characters. They're not caricatures. No. They're they're real people who have gone and done real things or have signed up to to serve. Mm-hmm. And we, like I say, we really 
should be seeing a pretty sizable contingent. There are an awful lot of veterans in Prince George. <laughs> and uh, and although many are not Legion members, we'd really love to see you out. And it'd be great if great if you uh, uh, you participate in in that and and uh, it would be it would be a, a good way to recognize those of your comrades who didn't come home mm-hmm. or who have been suffering in silence. Uh, get out, talk to others who've got a, a shared or even quite varied uh, mm-hmm. service experience. So now the parade goes then from the civic center. To the cenotaph. Yes, we basically uh, come out of uh, the. Uh, I think it's called uh, uh, well, the, the, the street out of the Civic Center, yeah. which goes to, into Quebec. But we turn right on Seventh Avenue. We go straight across Dominion onto Seventh, and uh, where it intersects with uh, George Street, into the uh, the Veterans Plaza. Yeah, we have a bit of a horseshoe for the bulk of the for the first part of the parade, and now the rest gather in behind. We conduct our service at the Cenotaph. We'll have a fly pass from the Prince George Flying Club, mm-hmm. as we have had in mm-hmm. previous years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they, they're going to be going in a, a line coming down basically George Street. Mm-hmm. This is the okay. plan, depending on the weather. That is one aspect of things that the weather uh, does yes. affect is a fly pass. If, if, if it's quite inclement, we, mm-hmm. well, they'll, no, they'll they're say, not going to do anything no. foolish. So uh, that is going to be part of the, uh, the uh, service. We've uh, taken some steps to make sure our sound system is much improved at the Cenotaph <laughs> this year. We did have a, a few a few points. And I, I, I do want to emphasize, too, that sometimes you hear that, that you know, different groups of people want particular emphasis during remembrance yeah. to, for their service. And they, that kind of misses the point, because Remembrance Day is for everyone who served regardless of your background regardless of your of your service whether you're you know, land air sea the merchant navy it, it's all part of this service so the intent is not to single out any particular group no. and give them extra emphasis I, and i mean it's it's to be completely inclusive of all who served and those uh, those uh, who, who went away and came back and make sure that everybody's uh, part of that. Okay. Then the ceremony concludes with yes. the replaying, and then the, then we the march, parties go back, and, and then we, the march back to... Yep. We, re- we return down 7th Avenue. There'll be a salute, and uh, Honorary Colonel Newell will be uh, the primary taking the salute, mm-hmm. as will the Chief Superintendent for North District, who will be also at the dais. Uh, I, I, it's it's worth noting that we do have an Army Reserve unit in yes. Prince George, and uh, uh, Colonel Newell is the honorary colonel for mm-hmm. the Rocky Mountain Rangers, the yep. whole regiment, and we have B Company Rocky Mountain Rangers here, and the headquarters for, for the Rocky Mountain Rangers is, of course, in Kamloops, with A Company also mm-hmm. in Kamloops. And uh, we've, we've got a pretty strong contingent of of Royal Canadian Mounted Police and retired yes. RCMP members. And I, I think Prince George can take a certain amount of pride in that last year, our RCMP contingent, including retirees and everyone else, mm. was 100. Wow. And that was the largest contingent of, of police mm. on parade, or RCMP on parade, yeah. in the entire country. Wow. Now, even Ottawa didn't yeah. make that big a number. And that's pretty... Pretty cool. Yes, pretty impressive. Uh, the pictures we have of that uh, day are are very uh, impressive. 
So ceremony finishes. They do sort of the march out. Yes, and we, then gather at the Legion again. That's that's, that's right. Well, yeah, the, the march back to the uh, Civic, Civic Center. Center uh, dismiss. There's uh, there will be hot dogs and and uh, hot chocolate Conference. in the Civic Center for the youth participants. Yeah. And for those so inclined, the legion, small as it is, mm-hmm. will be available for folks to drop in and and uh, partake uh, uh, in in the libation. Just make sure everyone uh, chooses to drink responsibly yes. and, and make sure and, you got uh, a safe ride home. Yeah, safe ride home. Uh, there's there's buses and taxis and friends yes. that are more than willing to help. So uh, it's uh, it, it's an important. Day and it's important to think and remember. I mean, when I when I think of my own grandfather uh, passing away on Remembrance Day, it you know it gives me a, a few moments of pause, and uh, you know I, uh, I I I think of my own father who would always went to Remembrance yeah. Day. I can't think of a time he didn't, and uh, he's not around anymore. And so I'm uh, feeling a, a bit of a sense of double duty there to <laughs> make sure I take a. Yeah. A trip out to the cemetery this week and go say hi to uh, Grandpa and Grandma out there, and, and what before the snow hits, and, mm-hmm. and uh, make sure that that's uh, acknowledged as well. Okay, so Sheldon, it all starts eight thirty is when you're asking the public to be seated at the Civic Center. That's correct. And I guess the other thing is, if you can't make it for whatever reason. Take a couple of minutes at 11 o'clock. That's right. If you can't get down to the ceremony, it's also going to be live streamed on CKPG. Okay. They'll, they'll have right. it. I think, I believe Shaw is also going to be mm-hmm. picking it up, uh, the, the community station. And we'll uh, be having it on our, our Facebook, assuming we don't run into, run afoul of any, uh, yeah. federal, uh, mm-hmm. and Facebook, uh, problems. But the idea is to have it available. And of course, the national ceremony will be televised yes. at the same time. But I, I always like to think that although the national ceremony would be pretty cool, it's also nice to, uh, to see what's happening locally because I think we do a pretty good job here. Okay. Sheldon Clare, Legion Branch 43, thank you very much for talking to us about what's going to be happening on Saturday for Remembrance Day. My pleasure. Okay. Take a quick break. Be back with more after 9. David is a dreamer. I want to travel the world and see what lies beyond that hill. A dreamer who makes a bold choice. I love you, Father. You know that, but I can't take over the farm. A bold choice that leads to adventure. Who keeps this double-barreled gun beside you? The prodigal son came to his senses. The question is, will he? Please, God, save me. On the next Lamplighter Theater. Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. here on... On 93.1 CFIS FM. There are so many ways to enjoy the great taste of Boston pizza, it's hard to keep track. You can dine in at either Prince George location, Central Street West, or Vance Road. You can order your delicious meal with pickup at either location or arrange it to be delivered hot and fresh. Not sure what to order? Check the menu out online at bostonpizza.com. Boston Pizza. Two locations in Prince George on Central Street West and Vance Road. 
Eat healthy and fresh at Homesteader Meats, founded by Ben and Rosella Clausen in 1982. Homesteader Meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products, plus Wednesday is Seniors Day at Homesteader Meats. Seniors 55 and over save 10% off regular prices. Single portions are available in most items, including pierogies and sausages, and there are half-pound packages off ground beef, ground pork, stew meat, and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Center. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy with a 70% chance of showers this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the southwest at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 4. Partly cloudy tonight, increasing cloudiness near midnight, a low of 0. For Wednesday, cloudy with a 70% chance of flurries in the morning, then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the southwest at 20K, a high of 5. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Joined now by Dr. Jasper Lament with the Nature Trust of BC. Good morning, Dr. Lament. Good morning, Alan. Great to be with you today to talk about conserving land in yeah. the Prince George region. So now I guess the first question, and this was kind of my first question when I saw the story and got the email about this, what is the Nature Trust of BC? Well, the Nature Trust of BC is a leading land conservation organization We've been in business since 1971, and since that time, in 52 years, we've conserved over 500 properties for their ecological value, and they total over 180,000 acres. And those properties are all across B.C., and some of your listeners will have visited one, which is the Ferguson Lake Nature Reserve Mm. in the city of Prince George, and that's one of them. But that's not the one I'm here to talk about today. No, there's actually two that you've got coming up that you're doing. And now you're doing some fundraising for them. What, why do you need to fundraise to conserve areas? Well, these lands are privately owned, mm. and they're not currently in conservation status. So um, these landowners, though, are willing to sell their land to the Nature Trust of BC so the habitat can be conserved for future generations. Okay, so all of these lands that you were talking about, the 500 properties, 180,000 or so acres, are actually Nature Trust lands. Like, they're not just lands that you guys are looking after. They're actually kind of your property. Uh, Well, both, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, these are the 500-plus properties represent a whole range of different habitats, and and most of them are lands that we have actually purchased in fee simple. Some of them are um, things like grazing leases and grazing licenses down in the Okanagan and uh, Crown land next to our uh, some of our private ranches that we've purchased. But um, you know the most of the properties like Ferguson Lake were uh, private properties that the Nature Trust of BC bought for conservation purchases purposes and. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today, which is uh, two properties, yes. one on the edge of Vale Mount um, on the Cranberry Marsh and another down outside McBride uh, called Crescent Spur. Now, how do you guys, how does the Nature Trust, I guess, find out about these areas? Like, are you doing research all the time or does the landowner get in touch with you and say, I've got some property here that I think might be of interest? Well, uh, that's a great question, and it's different with almost every property. But in the case of Cranberry Marsh, the Nature Trust of BC has owned and managed land there for decades. And so 
um, this is uh, a couple of the properties um, that are adjacent have become available okay. for sale. So, um, so this is an area where our staff have been working with our conservation partners for for decades, and and this is really an opportunity to build on that network of conservation lands um, at Cranberry Marsh and expand the footprint of conservation there. So that was one where, as your people were working on what you've already got out of Cranberry Marsh, you kept casting these sort of envious glances at these other properties going, man, it would be nice to get them and consolidate. Absolutely. <laughs> so what I um, what the last time I visited Cranberry Marsh, um, you know, I was looking around and noticed that it's right on the edge of Vale Mountain, and I noticed that there was some private property nearby, mm-hmm. and I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be great to, to build this network of conservation lands and, and provide more habitat for migratory birds and opportunities for the, the people that uh, live, work, and play around Vale Mount to, uh, to be able to experience nature and, and the uh, amazing variety of uh, wildlife and migratory birds that, that depend on, on that habitat. And now Crescent Spur is the other site. How did that one come about? Is that sort of by itself, or is that also sort of joining up to properties that you already have? Well, that one is more of a, a new landscape. We um, have worked with uh, members of the community down there before to try to uh, protect some of the conservation values. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes the opportunity and the funding doesn't always line up mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time. And so um, last time we weren't able to purchase all of these lands. Uh, there just wasn't funding about 10 years ago. But this time, you know, we think that the the opportunity exists to raise the funds. There's a new landowner there that um, is now interested in working with us, and um, there's some great uh, federal funding opportunities out there that we can use to match private donations. And so um, the purpose of today's call really is to talk about this amazing opportunity to leverage federal federal grants with uh, donations from the community, people from Prince George and beyond, um, they can they can um, invest their hard-earned dollars in protecting these special places and that the federal government is going to match them. And then we're going to be able to, together, to protect these lands forever. So to some extent, you, the Nature Trust doesn't get grant money, shall we say, directly from the federal or provincial government, I'm guessing. They have to do some fundraising and then that will be matched. Right. So the the federal government, most of their match, or sorry, most of their grant programs now require a, a match. Right. It's usually dollar for dollar. Mm-hmm. So for every federal dollar that uh, we ask for, they want to see us raise a dollar from uh, from the private sector or from other non federal sources. So um, yeah, so it's really the the power of partnerships and the power of community, and for people that to get involved and, and magnify their impact on conservation um, with through these uh, public-private partnerships between the, the people of Prince George and, and the Amanika region and the federal government and the Nature Trust of BC all working together to, uh, to amplify conservation. Okay, Dr. Lamant, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to talk to you some more about the two areas, especially Crescent Spur and Cranberry Marsh West after nine.
Tickets are now on sale for the 9th annual UNBC Timberwolves Legacy Night. Set for Thursday, this year's event will feature keynote speakers Chantel and Warren Grafton, UNBC graduates who will share their story on reshaping their lives after Chantel suffered a serious mountain bike injury and is now living with quadriplegia. The Legacy Night is UNBC's annual fundraiser for student-athlete scholarships and bursaries. Tickets are available online through the Timberwolves homepage. The UNBC Timberwolves Legacy Night, Thursday evening. Evening at the Coast Prince George. Kick off the holiday season and support your friends, families, and communities in the North with the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation's 30th Annual Festival of Trees. Take in events such as the MediChair Seniors Brunch, Scotiabank Seniors Tea, and Canadian Tire Fashion Show, to name a few, and tour the trees from November 29th to December 3rd at the Prince George Civic Center. For details or to purchase tickets, visit spiritofthenorth.ca or call the Foundation office at 250-565-2515. Eat healthy and fresh at Homesteader Meats, founded by Ben and Rosella Clausen in 1982. Homesteader Meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products, plus Wednesday is Seniors Day at Homesteader Meats. Seniors 55 and over save 10% off regular prices. Single portions are available in most items, including pierogies and sausages, and there are half-pound packages off ground beef, ground pork, stew meat, and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to Patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Center. Are you a leader who wants to take their leadership to the next level? Do you have an emerging leader on your team who needs support? At Pivot Leader, our Leaders in Business program combines leadership training with one-on-one coaching to help leaders just like you. You'll learn how to deal with people better, handle conflict, hire and keep staff, delegate more effectively, read financial statements, and learn coaching skills to move your team along. There's a less stressful way to improve your outcomes. We can show you how. If you'd like to be a better leader, reach out to us today at pivotleader.com. Pivot Leader will help you grow, train, and sell your business. It's after nine on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS FM. So Dr. Lament, the Nature Trust, looking at the two areas, Crescent Spur, Cranberry, and Marsh West. And now some people might say, okay, well, they're conserving the two areas, but you're you're actually looking at conserving them for kind of different reasons, aren't you? Like one of them, I think, is more a trees thing, and the other one's more wildlife. Uh, yeah, they're very different habitats, mm-hmm. but interestingly, there are some some common links. They're both in the, what's called the subboreal spruce. At least part of Crescent Spur is in the subboreal spruce. Subboreal spruce <laughs> biogeochromatic zone. Easy for me to say. Yeah, um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, these are the subboreal spruce is unique to BC, and uh, you know it's found nowhere else in the world. And you know only about three to four percent of it is protected in BC. So uh, this is an opportunity to protect something that um, that BC provides to the world. You know uh, some unique habitat types, mm-hmm. and and you know as you mentioned, Crescent Spur has um, another interesting ecosystem, which is called interior cedar hemlock. That's another biogeochromatic zone. <laughs> and there, there are giant cedar trees. They're over a thousand years old. So, yeah, I mean, they're just amazing, magnificent trees. And, um, you know, there's not many places left on private land in BC where you can find these ancient forests. And so we're really excited to, um, you know, to bring together the, the public to support protecting these ancient forests and, uh, you know, and all the wildlife that depend on them. That, um, you know, some of the, the cool wildlife at Crescent Spur includes uh, wolverine. That's the world's Ooh. largest weasel, and it is a, 
it is a species that's really uniquely connected to wilderness. And so, you know, you think about these one of these wild places with wolverine. There's even some, you know, uh, there's a few southern mountain caribou left in the in the vicinity. Um, though obviously they're you know they're having a really challenging time mm-hmm. with their conservation status, um, but. You know, just a, an amazing landscape. And then we head up to Vailmount to uh, Cranberry Marsh West, yeah. and, you know, it's more of a emergent marsh wetland. It's in the subboreal spruce bioglyphomatic zone, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a marsh, and it is incredibly important for migratory birds. And, and it's, you know, it's part of that Pacific flyway that birds, mm. that, you know, they nest up in the Arctic of Canada and Alaska, and they, they come down through um, you know, through uh, BC on their way to um, the U.S., Mexico, and beyond. Some some birds are heading all the way down to Central and South America for the winter. And so, you know, Cranberry Marsh is one of those stopovers, part of that um, that Pacific Flyway, where we're sharing birds with all these different countries on the Western Hemisphere. And so, protecting that marsh is is a a chance for British Columbians to do their part to you know, to help protect this amazing uh, shared natural resource. So now the marsh obviously home to birds, but I'm guessing it would also be home to other forms of wildlife that you wouldn't find up a crescent spur. Yeah, that's right. So um, Cranberry Marsh West is a uh, um, important habitat for the western toad. That's a species of special concern under the Federal Species at Risk mm-hmm. Act. Um, another bird that you probably wouldn't find at Crescent Spur that is at Cranberry Marsh West is the endangered black swift. And mm. so that's uh, one of those, um, we call them aerial insectivores. So mm. they're these fast-flying birds that fly around and catch uh, insects on the wing. And um, so, you know, that's a, a bird species that's um, in in serious uh, conservation trouble. So uh, anytime we can provide um, protection for habitat for them, that's uh, something well worth um, well worth considering. Now, very quickly, what does conservation mean in terms of access to these areas? Like, are they still open to the public under controlled circumstances, or are they basically closed off? Well, Cranberry Marsh um, is an amazing place for the public to enjoy nature. Um, the you know, parts of Cranberry Marsh are owned by the our partners at the province of BC and um, and the community and the province have worked together to build a wonderful boardwalk so people can go and experience um, the uh, parts of the marsh firsthand. You know, I, I'm happy to throw on some chest waders and mm-hmm. go explore a marsh, but not everybody, you yeah. know, enjoys that. So um, the boardwalk, you know, makes it, it accessible to a, a broad range of people to go out there and, and see the birds and see the habitat. And so, you know, building a larger cranberry marsh conservation complex will really just to, uh, it will just enhance the attractiveness of of the whole Cranberry Marsh to migratory birds and other wildlife and, and enhance those um, viewing opportunities for um, for the public. Okay. So uh, that's so it's it's really a great opportunity for people to, to connect with nature. Now we've got a couple of minutes left, Doctor Lament. How can people donate? How can they get more information about the Nature Trust of BC? Well, I would welcome all of the listeners to your uh, after nine show to. Go to naturetrust.bc.ca, 
and then look for our priority project in in uh, northern BC and you can uh, just click the donate now button every dollar makes a difference and uh, we're looking to raise 1.5 million dollars to protect both Crescent Spur and Cranberry Marsh West so um so, Alan, it's time to dump out your piggy bank and do what you can. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have your support and all your listeners to help make a difference to protect this land forever. And now, if you make that fundraising goal $1.5 from what you are saying earlier, that actually becomes $3 million, correct? That's right, yep. So we're going to um, be um, able to, you know, magnify the impact of... Uh, of private donors to through you know through uh, matching those dollars with government grants and and really making a difference for for conservation in the in the Amanika region. Now you were saying I think you go there and you click on the priority project for Northern BC. How many different projects have you guys got on the go right now? Well, right now it's exciting. We are also in the midst of a campaign over on Denman Island on the yeah. coast. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we have, we are calling that coastal rainforest. And so, um, when you go to our homepage right now, you'll see protect them and island coastal rainforest. And certainly if people love the Gulf Islands, we'd welcome their support of that project too. Um, but, uh, if you click on priority projects, um, then, then you can see our Northern BC campaign. And, to, and that's uh, the 1.5 million and it's going to protect almost 300 acres of vulnerable habitat. So, 285 acres of um, ecologically important land, um, subboreal spruce, interior cedar hemlock, habitat for wolverine and caribou and um, and myriad migratory birds. Just so exciting. Now, is there any sort of a deadline you guys are facing in terms of the fundraising? Well, um, we're a race against the clock because we've <laughs> got to raise the money before the grants expire and before the landowners, um, you know, uh, before the landowners move on. So yeah. we've, there's always a, there's always, you know, a deadline and the deadline for the, these particular projects is March 31st and uh, that happens to be the end of the government uh, fiscal year. So that's why we have to raise those, that money in the next, uh, and I guess that's about four months we've got to, to get this done. And it's a big campaign, and uh, and we, there's, there's really no there's no acceptable outcome except being successful. So <laughs> I'm very thankful, Alan, for your work to spread the word in the, in the Prince George community and, and get the word out about these exciting opportunities for conservation. Well, Dr. Jasper Lamont from the North Trust of BC, thank you very much for t- talking to us about the fundraising for Crescent Spur and Cranberry Marsh West this morning. Thanks so much, Alan. Really appreciate it. NatureTrust.bc.ca. Perfect. Take another quick break and be back with more after 9. The PG Friends and Family Caregiver Program has a weekly coffee and talk. Caregivers are invited to join in Wednesday mornings at 11 to meet with your peers for a relaxed chat, sharing stories, tips, and camaraderie. There is limited space, so you'll need to register by calling the Seniors Resource Centre at 250-564-5888. The PG Friends and Family Caregiver Program Coffee and Talk, 11 o'clock, Wednesday mornings at the Seniors Resource Centre. The Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society has grief support services. Their family grief program supports grieving children, youth, and caregivers through three separate groups, and there's a children's drop-in offered every Tuesday from 3 to 4.30. 
Adult support services include one-on-one, tea time for the soul, and more. There's also a COVID long hauler program and coffee for the caregiver. Registration is required for all programs. For more information, visit the Hospice Society's website at pghpcs.ca. Your Prince George Council of Seniors needs volunteers for this year's Christmas hamper program. Volunteers are needed for hamper assembly dates, November 18th and 19th, as well as for hamper deliveries on December 20th and 21st. For more information, contact Wendy by emailing hcn at pgcos.ca or call the Council of Seniors office at 250-564-5888. That's Christmas hamper volunteers needed for December 18th to 21st at your Prince George Council of Seniors. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy with a 70% chance of showers this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the southwest at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 4. Partly cloudy tonight, increasing cloudiness near midnight, a low of 0. For Wednesday, cloudy with a 70% chance of flurries in the morning, then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the southwest at 20K, a high of 5. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, we are a community radio station, and right now we're going to talk about some stuff that's happening in the community. Well, we were supposed to have uh, Amy Cassie in to talk about yeah. the Festival of Trees, which is coming up pretty quick. Yeah. Hopefully she's on her way and will be here shortly. Yes. But uh, at 10 o'clock, uh, uh, an old uh, friend of yours is going to be in to do a public service announcement yeah. about the Italian club. They have the Christmas pasta and bake sale uh. underway. And uh, I was just looking at what they have there. Lasagna, I, I, 25 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. I, I was writing that one up this morning for him to do. Yeah. And as I was writing it up, I could, my stomach started growling. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks good, right? Names. Uh, meatballs, $20, uh, no cheese for 15 uh, or you can just get the marinara sauce for $10. And, yeah, that's uh, 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 Ron Palillo going to be yeah. in to do the service, and he'll be on your show next week to talk yes. about it a little more, right? Next Tuesday, yeah, because yeah. the deadline for getting your orders in is 17th, Reg, I think? Um, I don't see it here. Uh, a little ball up in the top corner. Oh, here we are. Yeah, yeah the little, okay. Uh, uh, yes, uh, 17th of November is the yeah. date for... Pickup day is November the 26th, and yeah. the other thing is that'll be at the Italian Club, uh, which is downtown on Fifth Avenue, and they are also going to be having a bake sale that same day. Oh, okay. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah, so you can pick up all your Christmas goodies at one time. And so much going on right for oh. Christmas, Christmas dinners. In fact, oh. yeah, ACRA has their Christmas dinners set for December the 9th and the 10th. Yeah. Five o'clock each evening, doors open at four, just $25 per person. So for a full Christmas meal, that is a, a steal of a deal. Yeah. And tickets are on sale. They sell out fast. So if you haven't uh, already contacted them to get yours, uh, make sure you contact the Elder Citizens Recreation Association and uh, get your tickets for their uh, Christmas dinners December 9th and 10th for those ones. Yeah. And again, some people might be saying, well, gee, that's awfully early to be having Christmas dinner. Well, no, it isn't because there's no. a lot of groups that have them and they... Uh, how about if we take a break now because okay. your guest has shown yes. up and then we can go right through and uh, finish things up after nine.
Connect with services such as WorkBC, ServiceBC, and the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. It's a convenient way for you to find out about these community services at a spacious central location. Sessions are held every second Tuesday, and you don't need to make an appointment. Just drop in and chat with the service providers you need. The next community services drop-in is this afternoon from 1 to 3 at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. Enjoy the classic art of watercolors to remember home or warmer places during the next Friday Art Disco. Come paint for an evening from one of the reference photos, bring your own, or just make it up. It's a great way to relax and play at the end of the week. Registration through Two Rivers Gallery is $45 and includes materials, small snacks, and a complimentary beverage. You must be 19 or older. Watercolor Landscapes, the next Friday Art Disco, November 17th from 7 to 9 at Two Rivers Gallery. Show your support for the Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society with a quilted vest or full zip hoodie. Quilted vests sell for $85 each while the full zip hoodies are $35. Both items have the hospice logo on the chest. To order, contact Irene at the Solace Center by emailing info at pghpcs.ca or by calling 250-563-2551. Prince George Hospice Society quilted vests and full zip hoodies are available for order through November 21st. The Prince George Council of Seniors is coordinating the United Way's Better at Home program. If you are 55 plus and could use help with grocery shopping or some light housekeeping, contact the Prince George Council of Seniors Better at Home Coordinator at 250-564-5888 to see if you qualify for these services. It's all designed to help seniors remain independent. Better at Home from the United Way and your Prince George Council of Seniors. Call 250-564-5888. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, we did mention that we've got the Festival of Trees coming up pretty quick, and we brought in an expert to speak about it, Amy Cassie from the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Good, yeah. Now... This is a this is a very quiet time of year for you, right? Yeah, very yeah. quiet. We don't do much this time of year. No, just kidding. It's it's yeah. nuts. We are well, we're T minus three, three weeks, weeks. until yes. we uh, two and a half actually until we start set up for festival. Wow! And we're so excited. This is setting up to just be a massive festival of trees as we celebrate thirty years. Thirty years. So you guys actually start setting up about a week before the event. We do. We're wow. we're in full planning mode right now, yeah. and then usually about five six days before we actually officially open to the public, we're mm-hmm. in the warehouse tagging things so we know what to bring down to the civic center. Then we have moving trucks move in and a whole army of volunteers that help us load everything. And then we take over the civic center on Friday the 20, what is that? The 24th. Um, for setup, and then we open officially to the public on November 29th, which yes. is a Wednesday. And now, the, is this about, I seem to recall some years ago, and I don't even know if you were with the Spirit of the North at the time, I think Spirit, I think um, the Festival of Trees lasted longer. Yes. Like I think actually, it sometimes it was up to about two weeks. Yeah, so we were a 10-day festival. Right. And actually, my first year with Spirit of the North, we were a 10-day festival. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we started looking at it going, does this make sense? Because the costs associated are huge. And yes. at the end of the day, Festival of Trees is a fundraiser for Spirit of the North. It's our signature fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking at things going, okay, can we do a five-day festival? Right. So we tried the five-day festival last year, and it was a smashing mm-hmm. success. Um, 
we saw more visitors in that five days than we had seen in 10 days in previous years. And actually the Sunday of festival last year, so the last day of festival, was our busiest day ever on record at Festival of Trees, which what a great way to end the 29th anniversary and kick off the 30th this year. I guess part of it as well is by condensing it from 10 days to 5, you also sort of condense the special events as well. Like they're not spaced out and people have to remember exactly which day is the event that they want to go to. Exactly. We're we're in five days. We open Wednesday and we run through Sunday. And we kept all of the events uh, as in previous years the same. So we just, you know, I joke with the team that we put running shoes on. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, our busiest day this year is Thursday, where we run three full events. So it's busy. It's really busy. But it's exciting. It's the community kickoff to the holiday season, and we're just so proud to be a part of it. So it's on Thursday, then it's basically, okay, finish the first event, kick everybody out, (laughs) set up for the second event, kick everybody out, set up for the third event. No, here's the kicker. So while we run the events, we're also open to the public. There's only a few events that we actually close to the public. So we're open to the public. We've got an event going on. It's busy. It's it's <laughs> hustle and bustle and fun, and we love it. So now, let's talk. It's called Festival of Trees for a reason. Yes. Let's go with one the thing that people are most interested in. How many big trees have you got this year? So this is our biggest year ever on record. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got 61 big trees. 61? So, yeah. So so for some perspective, last year we had 26 big trees. Wow. This year, because it's our 30th anniversary, we thought, okay, let's shoot for the moon. How big mm-hmm. can we go? Mm-hmm. And we thought uh, we set a target of 50 trees. <laughs> and we've blown that out of the water. Yeah. And right now we're at 61 big trees. So those are the big trees tree displays. That's not including all of those wonderful little trees, wreaths, little mm-hmm. houses, and creative pieces. And space for people to walk around and admire and the big trees. And space for people. Actually, that's our biggest challenge this year is looking at spacing, but what a great problem to have. Yeah, there, yeah. You know, it really is. We've just seen such um, community engagement with festival this year as we celebrate 30 years mm-hmm. that it's what a great problem to have. We love it. Well, yeah. And again, it's at the Civic Center and so it's not just saying, okay, we can leave like about a foot and a half between this row of trees. No, it's got to be accessible. It's got to be accessible. we got to make sure we're accessible yes. to everybody. So we've gotten really creative with how we're setting things up, as we always Stacking do. Stacking them on top of each other? Pretty much. Okay. We, we've said to a few people, if you need to grow bigger than your eight-foot space, then we can maybe we can hang it from the ceiling. We'll mm-hmm. see what we can do. Yeah. We've had to get really creative, but that you know that's what I think this volunteer team is best at. They get creative every year. They're just, they're the best. And so we're just excited to work with them. Now, have you had any tip-offs or anything like that from any of the groups with the big trees as to what they're doing? Yes. So we've got, we've got some... A quick question before you get into that. Is there a theme this year? There is a theme this Uh, year. So this year, the theme of festival is actually celebrating the spirit of giving for 30 years. Okay. From a color perspective, it's glitz, it's glam, it's bright colors, it's sparkles, it's, you know, we want to be really loud this year to celebrate 30. That's going to really, that's going to really be difficult (laughs) for the people putting the trees together to work with. But what we really wanted to do is we wanted to, with that theme, the spirit of giving, we wanted to celebrate what festival has accomplished in 30 years mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the ripple effect of festival. So one of the really cool things we've got this year is we've got the nonprofit or charity forest. So we've invited other nonprofits mm-hmm. to put trees in festival right. and whatever their tree sells for, we will donate back to that nonprofit. We've got this incredible platform. We've got all of these wonderful charities in town. Mm-hmm. Let's lift each other up and show what's best about Prince George. So we've brought in a number of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, festival has has had such a ripple effect in our community for years. This year, all of the money that we raise through Festival of Trees is going to go to support our neonatal intensive care unit, which is our littlest premature babies in the north. All of the money stays at UHMBC, and we're working to create some family space, increase capacity Mm -hmm. in NICU, and really try and create space for families that removes them from what can be a chaotic environment of a hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got some really big plans. It's a massive ask. But we felt like this is a massive year for festival. This is a legacy piece. And what better way to leave a legacy than to support our our next generation and our youngest patients? Now, what are some of the special events that take place? Maybe just hit one from each day. Okay. So if I hit one from each day. So we kick things off on Wednesday, November 29th with the Medichair North Seniors Lunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thursday, November 30th. I'm going to hit three events. I'm sorry. We've got the Yellowhead Rotary Business Breakfast <laughs> <laughs> with an Olympian that's going to be speaking that we'll announce Ooh, today. Okay. Uh, Scotiabank oh, Seniors show, Tea. After the show, of course. <laughs> I'll make sure you get the media release. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we've got the Scotiabank Seniors right. Tea, and then we've got Canadian Tire Fashion Show. Oh. And then Friday, December 1st, McDonald's restaurants in town are doing their fundraising breakfast all day long for festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that night, of course, is our big gala. We've got the Northland Auto Group fundraising gala. Mm-hmm. Saturday, we're, we're open all day to the public and we've got a private event. So we close at four o'clock on Saturday for a private event. And then Sunday, December 3rd, we've got the super popular Northland Dodge Santa breakfast, mm-hmm. followed by the, again, very popular Copar Administration Family Day. So now when is the actual auction of the trees. Is that at the gala Friday on night. Fri- that's at the yep. gala on the Friday. Yep, okay. That'll be Friday night. And we'll auction probably anywhere from nine to twelve trees. And mm. then all the other trees will be up for silent auction. We really wanted to make sure that this year we had Everybody can participate. Everyone yeah. can Everyone can bid on trees. We want more trees. Uh, we want to wow <laughs> kids. We want to, you know, make some core memories for kids. Yeah. And so now it's open to the public and you said you went from, what was it, 29 trees? 20, I think it was 26 last year. To 61. Yep. I, so even if everybody who was in last year was in again this year, yep. and I'm pretty sure they probably were, you more than doubled. We more than doubled. It will be a noticeable marked difference this year yeah. in how big festival is. Um, you know, if you're going to celebrate 30 years, you do it with a bang, and that's what we're doing. Now, are we're you really looking, knocking it out of the park. Are you looking at it this year and going... Okay, are we setting ourselves up for this every year? So, so that was one of the concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got we've got something really special planned for thirty one. We want to cap off thirty by really showcasing what festival has been, mm-hmm. okay, and the incredible work that it's done. And then as we look at thirty one, we're going to do something fresh and exciting. Again, still having festival of trees, but without giving it away, we'll have an added mega component to it that we're excited for. So she's not going to tell me who the Olympian is. She's not going to tell me what the mega component is for next year. I know. Some people. I don't know why we... There's, if you weren't such a nice person, I don't think we'd have you on the show, Amy. Well... But, and you always come with a lot of information as I well. I do. I'm, I apologize for all the information. Yes. I'm going to... I'll actually tell you Uh-oh. who the Olympian is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... I don't know if I pronounced this last name right. Nate... Reach, Paralympic record holder and Tokyo 2020 gold ah, medalist that oh. will be the keynote speaker at the Yellowhead Rotary Business Breakfast. Wow. So, yeah, so we've got an Olympian speaking, and that is yeah. legitimately hot off the press. Like, I just yes. got that email last night at 10 o'clock. Wow. 
<laughs> so we did get a scoop. You got a yes. scoop. Now, Amy, people buying tickets for a lot of these events, some of them, are any of them sold out yet? Yes. So the okay. Northland Dodge Santa Breakfast is sold out. Okay. The gala fundraising auction mm. is sold out. Um, the Medicare North Seniors Brunch, the Yellowhead Rotary Business Breakfast, Scotiabank Seniors Tea, and Canadian Tire Fashion Show all have tickets available on spiritofthenorth.ca. As of a few minutes ago. As of a few minutes ago, and I will say they're going very quickly. Yes. Um, the, like I had 60, I think it was 65 tickets bought by one individual for the business <sighs> breakfast before we announced the Olympians. So they're Sheesh. going to go really quickly. Yeah. Um, the seniors tea and seniors lunch. One is going to be know. like an afternoon tea with yeah. Scotiabank and the other one is a turkey lunch. So we've got those two available. Mm-hmm. The tickets are going fast. Yeah. So people in Prince George don't think you can do what you normally do in Prince George and wait until the last minute. Yeah, they're, I'm surprised actually how quickly they're going. Yeah. We've actually sold, so the events that we've sold out, we've sold out, I think it's two weeks prior to when we sold out last year. So they are going quick, but it's wow. it's a big year. I think there's a lot of excitement, which again, what a wonderful thing. And the nice thing is, even if you don't get tickets to some of the special events, you can still come down and just Absolutely. walk through the Civic Center and enjoy the trees. Absolutely. We invite everybody to come down. Even if you're not coming to an event, we've got our public hours posted on our Facebook mm-hmm. page, as well as on our website, spiritofthenorth.ca. Come down and check out all the trees. Check out how the community has come together and really brought festival to life this year. Now, is it strict? Is it in the Civic Center proper, shall we say, or is it also in sort of the atrium area outside the main room? because it's so big, we are taking over the atrium Uh as well. So we've spilled out and we've got very creative. So I can say from the time that you walk in the door, you're experiencing festival. There's not really a a full entryway this year. Mm. It's There's pieces everywhere. Okay. Information and tickets. What's the website? Spiritofthenorth.ca. That'll give you everything you need to know, as well as Spirit of the North, our Facebook page. Okay. Amy Cassie, Spirit of North Healthcare Foundation. You've still got three weeks. There's nothing to worry about before Festival Treat starts. Okay. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. We appreciate all your support. Okay. That'll do it for today's show. Darren and Kylie in tomorrow after nine. After nine is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After nine is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis Holt, Darren Guess, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. Listen for a rebroadcast of today's program tonight at 10 and for past shows, check out the archives link at CFISFM.com. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email CFISFM at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFISFM in Prince George. Proudly supported by local professionals like Realtor Tab Baker. Call 250-613-1755.